Good evening. This is Sarah Lilly, Sarah Germain Lilly, and uh, tonight we're doing some programming for Gays Against Guns here on WBAI to address the horrific shooting that took place today in El Paso. We are going to have some people calling in uh, to talk to us about some of the, the gun lobby, why this is an epidemic in America, what we can do about it. Um, we're going to talk about actions that are taking place. There'll be a gathering in Times Square tomorrow. And uh, let's just get some context right now um, about what happened today for anybody who doesn't know. I'm sorry, but there's been another mass shooting. Uh, it's this time in El Paso, Texas, in a Walmart. 20 people were killed. 26 others were injured. Uh, the authorities have someone in custody now. They are talking about capital murder charges. Um, yeah. And El Paso, as we know, has been at the center of the migrant crisis. And uh, now we see these tragedies unfolding right here uh, in the Walmart today. So um, we have uh, a guest here in the studio. We have people who are calling in, and uh, we're going to take your calls in a minute. But um, let's take a listen and have a little bit more music. So thanks a lot for um, being with us today. Take the next plane to Moscow. You have sold out our great nation. You can cry to Daddy Vladdy. We have made your reservation. Don't be slow. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. You could travel with Melania, but she probably wants divorce. Stuff Piroshki's in your pie hole. Trade your burgers for some borscht. You gotta go. Go, 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 go. You Russian hoe. And believe us, you are never coming home. Take the next plane to Moscow, where you'll never build your tower. We have scrutinized your Putin's eyes and he don't need you out of power, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Take the next plane to Moscow for a permanent vacation. You can pack your wig and bronzer. We'll begin the fumigation. Go, go, go. Go, 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 go. You Russian ho. And believe us, you are never coming home. Take the next plane to Moscow. So that was Sing Out Louise. That is our singing quartet. We gather around the city, and tomorrow we'll be singing once again in Times Square. 
at a rally for this um, for this horrific shooting to remember El Paso and to remember Gilroy. Uh, sing Out Louise is a group of people who get together and uh, sing parodies using Americana, using Broadway tunes, using pop tunes. So we are going to be taking some calls tonight from some of our gag members, and we are going to be taking some listener reactions to the uh, shootings today. So we're here at WBAI. We're going to put on a little bit more music in a minute, and uh, please, please call us. And uh, Jim, I'm going to go ahead and give the um, uh, the listener call-in number also. So you can give us a call at uh, 212-209-2877 if you'd like to call in. And uh, we want to hear your reactions to the shootings in El Paso today, what you're thinking about, um, what is your take now on gun control, and where do we need to go in this country? Hi, you're talking to Sarah Germaine Lilly. Hello. Hello. Uh, we're getting a call now, and uh, we are really looking forward to hearing from you, I know. I know people are having a lot of different reactions, and I hope I hope that we can break through some of the numbness that people feel. They need to ask how many this time. Hello? Uh, this is Sarah on uh, WBAI. Okay. So we're just, uh, we're just waiting to get you on, and uh, please be patient while we put together our phone calls. Great. Hi. Sarah, Sarah Jermaine Lilly here. Who am I talking with today? Hey, it's Ken Kidd calling, Sarah. Oh, hi, Ken. Ken, you've been an activist on this issue for such a long time. Um, how are you feeling today? What can you tell us about this? Well, I'm obviously I'm feeling several different things. Uh, and you're right, I have been a member of Gays Against Guns from the very first Facebook thread that started saying that uh, right after the Pulse nightclub massacre that occurred in June of 2016, when people were outraged and scared and frightened in ways that they really hadn't felt before, not unlike today. But the main thing was that people got together and they talked about how they had to do something. And so that is a muscle memory that I have from that day that affected me today. Um, you know, having been doing this for so long now, for three years, uh, I've also felt a little fatigue. I felt a little hopelessness. I'm not ashamed to tell you that. I felt incredible sadness. Um, you know, when I hear that there are, the fatalities include very, very, very young people, very oh young my people. God. Um, but here's the thing. When people ask, as they did after Pulse, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. That's simply not true. Yes. And, you know, Gays Against Guns mobilized because we realized there was something that we could do. We realized that we have a unique voice. We realized that we can get together and offer comfort to one another. We realized that we can listen to one another. We realized that 
you know, the, the rainbow banner that we carry was made by Gilbert Baker, a friend, the one who created the original rainbow flag. And Gilbert realized that every one of those colors is beautiful alone, but it's so much better together. And so what we realized is that our voices together are so much better and so much stronger and so much more vibrant and so much more attention-grabbing. And we also realized that we have right on our side. We yeah. also realized that as long as we can remember that, that that's an additional color of strength that's not even visible on that rainbow flag. Yeah. So the thing that I will also tell you about today is working with my comrades at Gaze Against Guns today, all the different people bring all their different strengths and all their different ideas and their passion and their voices. And they came up today you know, and worked together in a way that was nothing short of inspiration. And you will see that tomorrow in Times Square. You will see human beings representing people who have been mowed down by this horrific gun violence epidemic in our country, who are represented by people who are from Gays Against Guns. You will see people who are being pulled together from other organizations because they got the call. And you will see bystanders who have had enough. So, again, I guess my long spiel here is just to say if people are feeling the hopelessness, or if people are feeling how can this happen again, you know, if people are, are hearing the numbers of 104 Americans killed by guns every day, every day, every day, this tomorrow is why... Sunday, we're going to have an action because it's, it's, it's not a day of rest for gun violence. It's not a day of rest for gays against guns. And unfortunately, it can't be a day of rest for any of us. So they should come out and join us. They should know that there's something that they can do. They should know that there's, some, there's always something that, that they can do. There's, they should also know that we need them. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Ken, you know, we are working on this issue all the time, and we know that another shooting is just inevitable until public safety gun laws change, until we get reform, until we get regulation. Uh, but uh, can you tell us what your reaction has been as you've been listening to the um, Democratic candidates debate and as you're seeing um, gun control on the national stage with a, a, an election coming up? Well, my person, I mean, I'm not, I can only talk for my, my personal self here, right? But I, I, it infuriates me. It pisses me off royally that they're still sort of dancing around this issue and they're talking about the whole thoughts, the thoughts and prayers stuff is just we're so far beyond that. You know, we really need to start talking about, you know, what Gays Against Guns identified over three years ago as the, you know, the chain of death. You know, the lobbyists, the corporations. As you know, you know, we are really focusing on Wells Fargo Bank, which is the largest lender, which is the first national bank of the NRA, which is the first national bank of the gun lobby, which is the first national bank of assault weapons. As other banks, large banks, have pulled away from assault weapons uh, funding, you know, from lending money to the development, to the advertising, to the marketing of assault weapons, Wells Fargo has held has helped steady on that. So, you know, I think that politicians need to call these things out. Politicians need to say that they won't take gun money. Politicians need to name names of their, their opponents who are taking gun money. And, you know, beyond that, we, I think that, you know, the gloves are off, you know, we are Absolutely. fighting, you know, the, the analogies are terrible. You know, I mean, it's, it's glove, you know, boxing gloves versus guns, which is 
horrible way to even think about this, but I mean, we are fighting for our lives. That's the real way to think about it. We are fighting for the day-to-day life of America. We are fighting for the day-to-day way of life in America. When people say vote as if your life depended on it, what we also need to say is vote as if your way of life depended on it. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, going to the mall, for Christ's sake, going to the movies. You know, going to Walmart. I to movies this, uh, exactly. Two Walmart shootings this week. Yeah. You know, they want us scared. And? You know, these folks, they, they, these folks, you know, this is nothing short of a militarized coup. You know, they are, they are laden with assault. They are laden with military-grade weapons. Yeah. And they are trying to make us scared that if we don't kowtow to the manifestos, this guy left a manifesto today. I mean, think about the language here. You know, you have assault, you have weapons grade, you have military grade weaponry and a manifesto. Yeah. I just think people need to think about that at any rate. Yeah. And I so appreciate um, hearing your viewpoint and you bringing up these things that we can do because, you know, how we spend our money um, is is a voice that we use every day. And if Wells Fargo is funding uh, gun uh, manufacturers, then we need to not use them. We have we have plenty of other access to credit that we can use. Um, can. can I just say two more quick things, and yeah. then I'll get off of here, because mm-hmm. I know that there are a lot of other people who want yeah, to Yeah, well, we do have some other people calling in, so everyone. great. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is such a thing in these instances, you know, of, of mental, Ill situ- mental health situations of contagion. And, you know, when folks are so desperate, when they feel that their lives are shattered beyond repair, or when they feel that no one's listening to them and they need to get attention, and particularly when there are you know, health issues, and they do an act such as this, I really feel like we need to really start paying attention to the way to contagion and to the fact that somebody sees that they made a, this person made a name for themselves and their, their photograph gets postered, you know, plastered up in death, and they get a life that they didn't have in life. And, you know, a fragile, fragile person might then take think that it might be a good thing for them to do, too. I don't think that we talk enough about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, that's just a personal opinion, but I have been involved in conversations, similar conversations with professionals where that's come up, and I just don't think we hear enough about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is just, you know, as far as our own mental health, we really need to take care of each other. We really need to know that there are things that we can do but we also need to know that it's okay to step back and take comfort in others. And also, you know, if you are an activist and you're doing this sort of thing, you can take a break. Somebody else will do this for you, and you can always step back into it. That's the beautiful thing about this. And for tomorrow, we'd love for people to step in as they can and join us in Times Square. Great. And what time will that be? It's 1.30 p.m. We'll be in Times Square. Yeah. Great. So we hope to see everybody there. We're going to take some reactions soon, but uh, right now we have another caller on the line, and I believe uh, we have some news from Washington, D.C. Hi. Hi. Hi, Sunny. How's it going? Um, It's been very intense. Oh, boy. 
So tell us where you are and what you're doing right now. What was today like? So I'm in Washington, D.C., and it just so happens that today is the annual gathering that Moms Demand Action has for uh, the volunteers who are in leadership positions as well as survivors. And we have this every year. And this was our biggest event with 2,000 volunteers and survivors. And for the first time, we also had students um, part of the Students Demand Action Group. And um, today during one of our big, you know, where everybody was in a room, you know, close to 2,000 people, they told us about the active shooter at El Paso. Wow. And, and as you can imagine, in a room full of gun violence advocates, you know, the irony hit us, and we were all devastated. Um, the team from Texas, um, you know, they got some special um, services because this was their home state, and um, the person from El Paso, the leader from El Paso, I understood, flew back right away. And okay. something else that was really interesting, um, as everybody knows, Baltimore's been in the news a lot, and we had some very inspirational students from Baltimore participated who happened to be speaking after this announcement was made. And he made a really good point. He didn't want to take away from the tragedy of what was happening in El Paso, but he pointed out that three people had been shot to death in Baltimore last night, and right. one person had been shot to death in, in St. Louis. And the difference in attention in terms of media and how we respond are so different. And until we care about all victims of gun violence in all settings equally, then we'll never get a handle on this. And so, and everybody just stood up and applauded because we all agreed, you know, it's every time there's a mass shooting, you know, it gets our attention. But this is, you know, mass shootings are a symptom of our gun violence epidemic. It's all bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sunny, I want to get some reactions from you also about um, about how you feel the language is changing and about the national platform now. Um, can you tell us, um, uh, how do you feel about using this term um, domestic terrorism now? We're hearing this for the first time when we have these mass shootings. Uh, do you think this is a good change? Uh, what's your feeling about this? You know, it's not something that I'm an expert on, but I, um, but it's a subjective term, and it just seems like the problem I have is that that term is not used in a consistent way, and we have to fight every time it's a white person, and it's about labeling. Um, to me, of course, it's you know domestic terrorism, but more importantly, this is a guy driven by hate, by a hateful ideology, and he's a white supremacist, from my understanding, and I. I it, uh, yeah, it's it's ugly. If it if if it makes people pay more attention to the real problem of our homegrown, and I say that meaning not immigrants who just came here or brown people, but if it makes our government take more seriously the radicalization of our young men, then yes, call it domestic terrorism, so that they can devote some resources and studies to make sure that they better understand what's happening, because that's you know, uh, you know, again, mass shootings aren't the major cause of all gun violence, but when it happens, it's so devastating, and they are oftentimes to create fear in our community. Look at the way we responded, and if it helps 
people take it more seriously, the issue of gun violence and why these young men are being radicalized, then, yeah, that's a, then that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm recalling the recent interview with Jennifer Barry Haas, who is uh, has a book out now that's about the Charleston shooting, and she was saying that we cannot ignore a white supremacy and the way that it plays into these um, scenarios that we see unfold tragically so frequently. Um, no other, no other Western country, uh, no country in the world has the level of mass shootings that we experience. Um, We don't know when we're going to wake up in the morning and we're going to hear these things again. We have another caller coming up. Um, Sonny, do you want to wrap up and tell us about the protest that you're at now at the the White House? Yeah, Yeah. so, so, you know, Monster Man Action is usually a group that does a lot of work around um, promoting gun sense candidates and um, legislative work. But... We were all devastated, and tonight was supposed to be a co- like a reception dinner, and we just decided that we needed to take action. And I think part of it was that we had so many students here, and they really were the leaders. And we walked first to the White House, and we protested, and we had a moment of silence, 100 seconds of silence for the 100 people on average that die every day. And we just walked over to Trump International and yelled, shame. And to be honest with you, that's why direct action is so important at a time like this, because we were all talking about how we didn't know what to do with our emotions and how devastated we were. And it was so cathartic. And we had so many people driving down the street honking at us. And we just finished another um, action in front of the Capitol. And we're more committed than ever that this is unacceptable. I mean, we're raising a generation of kids who this is part of their growing. This is part of what childhood is. You know, when my childhood, I think of 80s music for these kids, their childhood is going to be school lockdowns and mass shootings. That's unacceptable. I cannot accept that vision for my grandchildren and my children experience too much of it. Sonny, we are going to um, say goodbye now, but uh, but it's such a pleasure to talk with you, and I know that... Uh, We'll see you very soon, and we'll be working together, and together we will make a difference in lives in America. So thanks so much for calling in, and it's so exciting to hear what Moms is doing. So we thank you. in the schools each day All guns are less says the NRA Children are dying as they go to play War on the streets Graveyards are filling with innocent souls Four-foot boxes to big empty holes People in power they keep their roles Funds for themselves Fathers and mothers, they bury their young Wondering why that man had a gun Politicians, they take their turn to all shy away Ghosts of the past and history ignored 
This is Sarah Germaine Lilly. Um, we are broadcasting here from WBAI 99.5 FM in downtown Brooklyn. We are so close to the hearts of everyone tonight. We are talking about the shooting in El Paso, more people dead, the reaction in the gun violence prevention community here. We are asking people to call in, and we've got some people right now to tell us about their reactions and also what this gun violence prevention community has been doing this year and in years past to bring an end to this crazy, unnecessary, senseless violence. So, uh, Sean, are you on the line? I am. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How you doing? I'm very anxious. Oh, <laughs> Sean. very nervous i have not been like physically uh, emotionally reacted to something like this since columbine and i do remember that very well i'm just like it's it's just shattering it's just mind shattering right now okay i'm going to talk to you more sean but i want to um i want to let our listeners know that they can call in at 212-209-2877 that's 212-209 2877. We're going to be here till midnight. We're going to be taking people's reactions and answering questions and, you know, working through this together because this is the only way we can resolve it. Sean, we want to get back to you. Uh, tell us about why you decided to get involved in uh, gun violence prevention and, and what you've done now this year. Uh, it's actually a really interesting story about that. Thank you. Um, I had. Um been wanting to be more involved with my community uh, last year in 2018. And uh, so I was 
trying a lot, a lot of different meetup groups, and you know, it was all to no avail. It was a lot of closed off people, and then Parkland happened, and then you know, I started you know seeing so many stuff in the news about different people and who was involved with the NRA, and you know, then I just started paying attention, and I thought, well, what can I do? And I felt quite helpless. I felt like I needed a platform to speak on, you know, and I started, you know getting a little creative, writing some jingles and songs here and there, but it was not, you know, doing what I needed to be doing. I wasn't actually out there doing something. And I was reminded sometime uh, after Pride to go by the LGBT Center, Q Center, uh, on uh, West 13th Street, where I uh, said, what can I do? And uh, the first thing that stuck out to me on that brochure was Gays Against Guns. It was like, wow, I've got to see this, you know. And uh, that was actually um, August 2nd of 2018, so I uh, happily been with GAG for a year now, and it's been very rewarding. I've learned a lot, you know. Yeah, and you show a lot of uh, courage. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what is meant by um, CD, civil disobedience, and uh, what's your experience been with uh, civil disobedience this year? Uh, for me, uh, uh, civil disobedience is uh, uh, genuinely uh, when you kind of break the law without breaking the law, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't have a good definition for it. Um, but uh, in my experience, I actually, yes, it's action, absolutely. And I had my first um, first actions arrest back in February with GAG at the Senate Heart Building in Washington, D.C. for the uh, action of our broken hearts. We were presenting, you know, cards to some uh, senators and politicians in the area who we wanted to take action and thanking those who are taking action. And then we ended the day with uh, the die-in, which led to the arrest of eight of us. And uh, they had us in and out pretty quickly. It was very exhilarating, very Uh, cathartic and exhilarating. And I saw some of the pictures uh, on Facebook and social media and you guys got the word out, and you were in the press, and you were making the statement that this is no way to live. This is no way to conduct a civil society. No. And no. we can make a difference, a big difference. Yeah. We can save lives. Yeah. Yes, I think so. I think so. And I think we're doing exactly what we need to be doing. Yeah. Well, Sean, it's great talking to you tonight. Um, I know that we have uh, some more people on the line, and we want to uh, get some listeners' reactions, too. So uh, we'll be seeing you very soon, and the action tomorrow is where? We're meeting up at uh, 1 o'clock at Bryant Park, on the uh, steps of Bryant Park. Then we will march to Times Square for the rally, I believe. Great. I think. (laughs) last i checked um yes and um yes please uh, everybody please come out and join us thanks for calling in sean thank you sarah great and right now we have another caller and uh, we're going to that so callers we want you to call in to 212-209-2877 We want to hear your reactions. We want to hear what you're thinking because you are living human beings. This is all of our country, and uh, we need to feel something when people are threatened every day in this way. And I think we have a caller. 
Yep, we have some coming up in a minute, but it's 212-209-2877, and that's for your reactions tonight to the El Paso shooting. We'll be here till midnight. I'm Sarah Lilly at WBAI 99.5 FM, and we have someone on the line. Hello? Hey, it's actually Kevin from Gays Against Guns. Hi, Kevin. How are you? How are you? Good. I'm glad to be doing something, Kevin. Rather than just be sitting yeah. around with my broken heart or feeling numb or any of these other reactions, how are you doing? I feel the same, and that's why we started Gays Against Guns in the first place, because after the Pulse Massacre, as Ken was saying, we felt like it was a call to action. You know, I think that you can have that reaction where you feel overwhelmed, Not hearing him. So we're asking our listeners to call okay. in. Ah, here we go. We got you back. So tell us more, Kevin. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like, sometimes it seems like this will never change. You know, gun violence is baked into the Constitution and the Second Amendment or something. Yeah. I think that it's important to look at the strides that we've made at the state and local levels and use that as a sort of talisman to remind us that the work that we do is important, it's mm -hmm. effective, and to be completely honest, if it does nothing else, it makes me feel better about mm -hmm. my life, and I feel like at least I'm making a contribution. Yeah, Kevin, what do we say to people who say, there are so many guns in America, uh, we have so many guns. We we can never resolve this problem. We just have to go forward carrying this, uh, carrying all these guns everywhere, uh, and and we can't change this. So, listeners, we're asking you to call in at two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. We're going to see if we can get Kevin back here. Kevin, did you hear my question? And uh, can you uh, react to that? All right. <laughs> well, I am Sarah Germaine Lilly, and we are here and at WBAI 99.5 FM. Hello, are you there? Okay. And we are talking about the shooting in El Paso today. 20 people dead. A xenophobic gunman uh, who's talking hate on his uh, social media. Um, a devastating situation. We have uh, at least 26 injured. We have 20 people dead in a Walmart. And this is less than a week after uh, shootings in Gilroy. We had, uh, we had just the regular shootings in Baltimore last night. Shootings are not regular. This is senseless. We do not have to have people die. So uh, we have someone on the line. So um, hi. Great. Oh, Jay. I'm Hi. so glad to talk to you tonight. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I know you're a member of Gays Against Guns and you've been an activist for some time. Uh, yeah. What's your reaction? Yeah. yeah um, you know, I've been with, with Gags since, uh, since the beginning, since the first meeting. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we, we did um, when we were sort of warming up and figuring out how we were going to go about things was 
that we kind of made a pledge uh, that we've all mostly been able to live up to, that if whenever there's a mass shooting, when there are 10 or more people killed, that we would have an action within the next, within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, and uh, so that's why, you know, that's sort of what the action that we're doing tomorrow comes from. Um, uh, you know, so I've been working on that today, but um, it's just, it, it never, the, the shock never ends. Um, the shock, you know, I, I, I can't imagine how there are some people out there that can just get used to this. Yeah. Like, just be sort of, oh, the, oh yeah, there was another mass shooting. Oh, that's a shame. So sad. Um, and, and not just be energized to do something about it. I mean, the youngest person killed today in the Walmart in El Paso was a four-month-old infant. Oh, good Lord. Jay, you know, you were in Orlando recently uh, for the anniversary, and... No, no, that, that was, I, I wasn't able to go there. Oh, you weren't Orlando. able to go there. What, what, I, what I'm getting to with this question is... Uh, can you talk about the effects on the community? Because I know that w- that was in learning about Charleston. Uh, Jennifer Barry Hawes covers the everything that unfolds, the trials, the impacts on people's life, uh, coming home and dad's not there, um, empty houses, um, these kind of things. Can you talk, give a little bit of context to um, what happens after a, a mass shooting and how how do people go on? How do communities go on? Uh, it's, I think that one of the, one of the main forces, I think that allows a lot of communities, not all of the communities that, um, you know, that go through something like this, uh, you know, is organizing, is lobbying for better legislation, is, you know, uh, doing direct action protests. Um, you know, what we saw come out of Orlando was, was absolutely that. You know, that, you know our, our gag started in New York, uh, but within a very few months, there was a gag chapter in Orlando, and they have been doing some amazing work down there. Um, you know, and of course, gag has spread to, I think they were up to 10 or 11 cities at this point, um, just because this, this senseless violence, it, it just keeps happening. And I think that for the, for the LGBTQTSIA, Communities, we uh, we sort of see the handwriting on the wall. We just sort of see because of Pulse in many ways, um, you know how vulnerable we are. Um, and so I think that that's one of the reasons, you know, in the same way that moms moms demand action chapters sprout up all over the place because mothers are afraid for their children. Mothers are losing their children and their spouses, and they're afraid for their children's lives. And yes. so, and with with um, the queer communities, um, you know, we we know how much more susceptible we are to violence, especially in the age of of Trump. Um, that you yes. know, we, we we see you know, the last few years, twenty seven, twenty nine uh, trans women uh, over the years, mostly of color, each year being killed. We've had, I believe, the number is thirteen all black trans women killed this year, all killed by gun violence. Um, I, you know, we recognize 
how 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 close we as 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 a as a, a group of communities are to to um, to something like this happening to us to be targeted with gun violence. Yeah. Jay, I don't know if you heard this question that I asked before, but um, but maybe you can um, you can give us a way of dealing with it. When people say, um, you know, there are so many guns in America now, uh, we'll never be able to resolve that problem. Uh, we'll never be able to resolve this. We have too many guns already now. Uh, can't get rid of them. Uh, do you have any response to people who, who have that attitude? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, for one thing, uh, if, for instance, we had an assault weapons ban, um, that killer in Texas would, or, or excuse me, the killer in um, killer in Texas wouldn't have been able to get his hands on. He, he lived in Texas. I'm sure he had a, he, you know, he had built an arsenal. He posted a picture, yeah. uh, apparently on his social media. At least we believe that this is true. Yes. Uh, the word Trump spelled out with like 20 different guns. That's what um, I saw too. And so, you know, the the ease of access to to assault weapons specifically makes it that more possible for people to to get their hands on them and to commit these sorts of mass shootings. Like when the assault weapons ban was in effect, um, we were not having mass shootings with assault weapons. Yeah. Okay? And so we, we did have mass shootings, but not as many people were killed. I mean, we have had, I mean, since, since I've been, you know, in, in this, in this um, gun violence prevention world, I, I started in this gun violence, gun violence prevention world with the record number of people being killed in a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. That was Orlando. And within, a, within an, uh, a couple of years, that record was broken in Las Vegas. You yeah. know, it, the situation is getting worse and worse and worse. It's not getting better. And this notion that we have too many guns. Well, you know, I mean, Australia is a smaller population, but they figured out they figured out ways to do buybacks. They figured out ways to destroy existing guns. And they, you know, and of course, nobody can buy new guns. And Australia hasn't had a mass shooting since um, since they passed their raft of laws. Um, so, you know, there's there's actual empirical proof available in the real world that um, you know that gun control um, laws actually can be effective and yes. actually do work. Yes, and these education programs that are being stressed now by every town, Moms Demand Action, um, you know, people locking up their guns, uh, people mm-hmm. making sure that their guns are stored unloaded and that ammunition is stored separately from firearms. These simple common sense things save lives, and we know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, listen, we're going to get ready to go to another uh, another caller. Um, do you do you want to uh, say anything else before we we say goodbye for now, and we'll meet again? Yeah, we'll meet again definitely. Um, just that, if you're in, if for listeners out there, if you are in New York City tomorrow, please try to make your way to Times Square by one thirty. We need to show the world that New Yorkers stand against gun violence, uh, and we're better than the crossroads of the world. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. All right. See you soon. So you are on the line. And is this Bridget? Yep. Hi. How are you? Hi. You okay? I'm good. I'm good. What a day, huh? Beautiful summer day. And what do we what do we get to find out? Right? Brought to you by American Gun Violence. Yeah, yeah. So how was your day? And tell us a little bit about your activism, Bridget. Am I online now? Yeah, you're on the line. Am I Mm -hmm. oh I'm on air? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, I am just really angry. I am so angry. Uh, you know, every every uh, mass massacre that has happened has been sorry. Every every massacre that has happened afterwards, a group was formed, right? Right. Parkland happened. March for Our Lives formed. Mm-hmm. Sandy Hook happened. Moms Demand Action formed. Pulse happened. Days Against Guns formed. But you know what? This isn't a, this isn't about different groups. This is about America, and we are in a gun violence epidemic. We have people being murdered. Daily. I mean, we say as gays against guns, we're gonna. If more than ten people are killed, we we go to Times Square and make it known um, that that people need to stand up and do something, and we try our best. But the fact is, over a hundred people are murdered every day in America, on yeah. average, over a hundred people. So you know, and and so many people in our local communities are being murdered. We need to pay attention to that and. Trump is instigating violence. His rhetoric, his 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 party, their everything. They're they're. I'm so angry. I, it's hard for me to even find words. Yeah. We need to vote this administration out, and we need our people in public office to get the laws in place. You know, I just want to know what's going to happen at Walmart. Yeah, we've had two shootings at Walmart. So, are their employees going to come out against gun violence? Is Walmart going to do something about their sale of firearms? Please. I, you know? You know? It's, I, just, it's just infuriating. I, I work in the Bronx yeah. in a school for young children. One of my colleagues came into work and said, I just saved, just a few weeks ago, I just saved a 15-year-old's life. Because as she was getting into the, her car with her children, a young man ran by, and then they heard gunshots. And her oh. 12-year-old daughter knew enough when she threw, jumped in the car to call 911, and the police were there soon enough to catch the other two teenagers who had were shooting the guns before they shot the kid that they were running after dead. Yeah. I was sitting talking to a five-year-old on, on um, Friday. Five-year-old mm-hmm. said to me, asked me if I had a mom. And I said, no, I, you know, I do have, I had a mom, but my mom died. Oh, wow. And the five-year-old said to me, who took her? And I said, excuse me? And she said, who killed her? Oh, my God. Because that's the reality for children now. They don't think people die of natural death. They think people are shot to death. That's how you die. Yeah. So this is a serious epidemic across America, across race, across gender, across everything there are too many people dying because guns are accessible in too many states we're safer in new york but it doesn't mean somebody can't come in here and shoot us up to with a gun from somewhere else bridget if we could just ask you another question um 
you know, we know that, uh, in fact, mass shootings, as horrible as they are and as devastating they, as they are to the, our, what, our social, our social fabric, right, who we are and what we believe in when we get up in every morning. But, uh, in fact, the deaths from mass shootings are a small percentage of those deaths in America. Do you want to give us a little bit more information about how um, thousands of people die each year, a hun- over 100 each day? Uh, from gun violence in America? How's that well, break down? Well, a major one is suicide. Too many young people die at their own hand because a gun is available. I think the number in Vermont is 70%. 70% of teens who kill themselves use a gun because the guns are available. And, the gun, and if the guns weren't available... They could have a chance. Domestic violence. Guns are available when an angry spouse is so angry that rather than punching or hitting or driving away, they reach for a gun. Yeah. And guns are being treated like collector's items. People are giving uh, assault weapons to kids on their permits Fancy assault weapons, decorated, painted. I went into the gun shows. I saw what they sell. They think it's a it's a it's a big you know a collectible item, and so they stock up. Unbelievable. But what they don't know is that they're available to anybody who's suffering from their own mental anguish, from bullying, or available to someone who's angry. Yeah. And available to people who think that they're being American. The Second Amendment is not an, an is not an American ideal, as far as I'm concerned anymore. Amendments weren't made to be changed. Yeah. So yeah, there's just far too many incidences, gangs, um, yeah, control. Yeah, you know, people who want control, they reach for a gun because the gun gives them automatic power. Yeah. And it takes away my right to walk down the street in safety. So, Bridget, we are going to take a little break here, and we're going to take another call. Um, Great great talking to you tonight. I hope we see everybody in Times Square tomorrow. You can meet us at the library at 1 o'clock and be a human being with us. Come dressed in white because we have far too many dead people to represent. And also, let's not forget the people who have survived this shooting today and the people who have survived all the shootings in the past because they live with this violence every day. The trauma is real. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Bridget. We'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and uh, take our next call. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. We're at WBAI 99.5 FM with a special uh, show for you tonight. Um, reflecting on El Paso. So we have someone on the line. Uh, Caller, are you there? It's Kevin Herzog. Hi. So sorry I got cut off before. We're, we're getting this down, though. Yeah, and it's great to That's hear your showbiz, voice. That's showbiz, kids. That's <laughs> showbiz. <laughs> oh, man. How can we laugh today, Kevin? This is one of you the You know things. what? you got to laugh. Uh, I yeah. lived Tell the AIDS crisis. I've got stage 3 cancer. you got to laugh. There's no other way to make it through life than 
to keep your sense of humor and keep pushing forward. That's my two cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, thoughts about El Paso? Where were you uh, when you heard? Um, yeah. What do you think about this shooting? 20 people in El Paso, right near the border here. Another heartbreak, well, 26 injured. I'll tell you the thing that immediately sort of springs to mind, and I'm one of the people that um, posts and monitors our Instagram account for Gays Against Guns, which is Gays Against Guns NY for anyone who's interested in following us. Um, and people mention the NRA talking point of, you know, good guys with guns. You know, where were all those good guys with the guns today right. when yeah. the shooting started? And it's times like these that are such an illustration of the fact that there's no argument on their side. It's all straw man arguments. You know, there's no logic or data that supports the idea that people are armed, they will create more safety somehow magically for everyone. It's the opposite. There's data that strongly suggests, it was the University of Pennsylvania study done, which concluded that you are 4.5 times more likely to be shot if you're in an altercation with someone who has a firearm if you also have a gun. And there's social psychological research called The Weapons Effect, if you Google it, there was a good article in Psychology Today recently about this 1967 research that had, has been recently redone and affirmed, which finds that the mere presence, in fact, the mere image, the mere picture of a gun makes people more aggressive. So you have this combination of the fact that you are armed, you're, you become more aggressive simply by having the gun in proximity to you. It doesn't even have to be on you. It can just be on the car seat next to you or in the room with you. The Seeing the gun, having the presence of the gun makes you aggressive, and it just creates the problems. And, you know, it's times like these when I feel like it's so important to remember that all of the research and all of the data suggests that we're better off with fewer guns. Fewer guns in fewer hands means fewer deaths. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, everybody. This is Sarah Jermaine Lilly uh, for Gays Against Guns at WBAI 99.5 FM. Thank you for reflecting tonight with us on El Paso. And uh, let's wake up tomorrow morning and let's fight against gun violence. Thank you. If we all were rich, we'd spend more time With our daughters and sons, they're losing their minds